Hello and welcome back to the Dakota Student Podcast. I'm your host, Mason. Today I'm joined with Ben. How you doing, buddy? Doing good today, Mason. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. You know, I got my upcoming COVID test. Uh, I'm feeling like I'm suffering from allergies. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but winter allergies are weird for me. They hit me pretty hard. Can't remember what it, exactly I'm allergic to, milkweed or something like that. But yeah, I don't think I have it. We'll see on Monday. This episode of the Dakota Student Podcast is sponsored by Fighting Over Sue. Fighting Over Sue is a feature-length documentary told through one-on-one interviews with tribal leaders, students, alumni, bloggers, reporters, politicians, and superfans. When the NCAA bans a small hockey town's Native American name and logo, a battle begins to save a college icon. Filmed across North Dakota in Grand Forks, Fargo, and Bismarck, as well as throughout the Standing Rock, Spirit Lake, and Turtle Mountain Indian Reservations, Fighting Over Sioux has been featured in film festivals across the United States. The documentary is available in theaters now throughout North Dakota and on demand through computer, TV, and mobile devices. To watch it online, go to Vimeo On Demand and search Fighting Over Sioux. In theaters in Williston, Kenmare, Minot, Wing, Bismarck, Fargo, East Grand Forks, Grafton, and Park River. Speaking of COVID, though, North Dakota making strides. We are no longer the worst state. Congratulations, everyone. I'm sure those numbers are going to be going up shortly with Thanksgiving travel and whatnot. But Minnesota, you are taking the cake, rep the home state, you know? It's more ironic that North Dakota was the worst state for a while. And then it literally just jumped over across yeah. to uh, Minnesota rather than like picking some, having it be some other random state in the uh, area. Well, what I, what, what guesses could we make from that, Ben? Kids from North Dakota went back to Minnesota and did some infecting. Okay. But, um, I think, I think that's a early statement because remember they say it takes uh, oh, two weeks, right? Seven, yeah. to ten, seven to ten days, and seven day, and on Thursday was seven days since Thanksgiving. So I, we'll we'll probably by next week. So in a, the day after this podcast comes out, we'll probably have a better idea if that statement is true, because of the whole it's you have to wait two weeks and then you got to get tested or quarantine or stuff. So I think mm-hmm. that's going to be a big thing, big big picture. But not to not to toot our own horn, but the school also had the most positive cases last month. Oh, yeah, they. Mm-hmm. They not so good. <laughs> no, um, the day's loading right now. Um, there was a grand total of four hundred and fifty-one positive cases that month. And compared to August, it was 485. Okay. I've been seeing a, a lot of stuff on Facebook. Uh, I don't know how much you look into what Governor Walls of Minnesota has been doing in relation to COVID. But, you know, he shut down gyms and things of that sort. And I've seen a lot of people on Facebook and Twitter expressing uh, their anger towards that. You know, because we've had all these this huge jump with cases. I know one day we had around 6,100 new cases and that's with everything shut down. So a lot of people were expressing their anger. What do you think about that? I don't, you know, gyms were, you know, I don't, I don't 
consider gyms a place where unhealthy people went. I feel like people who do go to gyms are normally healthy. They care about their health and they, they want to continue being healthy. So I, I imagine they take necessary precautions. What do yes, you think? But you also got to think gyms are a very high contact sport. Um, and you're breathing out a lot more than you would be at per se, like a movie theater because you're working out. I think though the, the issue is though is non-symptomatic people who have COVID that don't know I think is where the issues are coming from because they think they have no, they're, I'm sorry, the asymptomatic people because they think they're fine, they're acting fine, they don't know, and then they'll, like like you said, they'll go to a gym where presumably you think everyone's healthy and then they're starting to breathe hard and then could spread it around. So I think there there could be that. The other thing you also think about gyms is that they are a very high con like I said, they're a very high contact spot and they're probably, they're going to be trying to, even if they are open and they're, they're going to try and clean them as best as they could. Were they doing that before this all went down? I doubt it. But I don't know. I, I just, I think, the, I think part of the problem that we're seeing these big spikes is people are just getting fatigued from it. It's like we, some areas have been doing this now for almost, we're coming up on nine months. And I think some people are just ready for it to be over. And they, and I think a lot of them thought, oh, the vaccine news comes out. Hey, this is over. And I think, I wonder, and I'm wondering if that's where we're getting this influx from, or is it just people are ready for this to be, are just saying we're done with this when we're probably not even at the halfway point. Yeah. Um, I guess that's what makes us, you know, disease, illness, whatever. Uh, so hard to manage that asymptomatic period. People just don't know they're, they have COVID and they'll go around, you know, spreading it. I'm sure some Thanksgivings, uh, people probably contracted COVID. Uh, personally, I flew to Kansas recently and drove to Colorado and flew back, flew back from there. And honestly, I felt pretty safe on the airplane. You know, they, They've done pretty well. They circulate the air really frequently. They have good filters. So, so when I you, wasn't really concerned with that. So when you were on the plane, though, you had you did have the seat beside you empty, right? Or was there actually a person there? Uh, Delta has done pretty well. So I was on, on the way to Kansas. There's only like two seats, you know, in the section. Mm-hmm. So that was empty. Uh, on the way back from Colorado, it was a bigger jet. And it's like the three seats in a row mm-hmm. and the middle seat's empty. So Delta does fairly well trying to manage that. Well, everyone's doing that, but Delta so far is the only one who's actually going to be continuing to do that until March. Everyone else is on January, I believe like 6th or 7th, somewhere around that time, are, have decided to go back to full capacity rather than this, um, I believe, it's, I think it's 60% capacity. So interestingly, uh, Frontier, I don't know if you ever heard about that airline, but mm-hmm. that's what my brother took back home from Colorado mm-hmm. and they packed the jet. It was full. Yeah, there there are some airlines that are packing jets and then there's others that are doing the uh, seat blockage. And I, I think some of it is like a Frontier. They pack an airplane as full as possible to get as many people on as possible Whereas like Delta or some of the uh, are American or United, they're the ones who are actually taking the time to make sure safety is number one and then 
making passenger travels number two. Yeah, I agree. And they did pretty well. You know, they distributed hand sanitizer throughout. They uh, gave like Clorox wipes type deal to wipe down your section if you wanted to. Yeah, it was pretty good. They're also trying to make you comfortable. You know, they they made snack kits instead of their traditional, you know, peanuts or not whatnot. They gave you basically a, a bag full of snacks and water and all that. So yeah, it was an all right time. You know, it definitely sucked wearing a, a face mask for hours waiting at the airport and then on the flight. But you got to do what you got to do. If you were traveling, let's say to Europe, would you want to right now with having to wear a mask for? 10 plus hours on a plane even before you've gone through the airport and everything? I would just make sure you have a comfortable mask because the one I had was really tearing into my ears. You know, the, the straps, they, they seem nice and dandy, but after a while, they really start irritating your ears, mm-hmm. surprisingly enough. But, uh, so yeah, that's like my only tip. I had to actually like tie it behind my head because I was getting pretty frustrated. That was like the only drawback though. Hmm. You know, it's except for Salt Lake City, I had a connection there. It was rather quiet. MSP was pretty quiet, surprisingly. That's a huge airport. It's weird to see it nearly dead. Wow, that that and uh the Colorado is, Springs one, it's it's a small one, so that was pretty quiet. Only like two people in security. Security they changed too, Ben. I don't know if you knew that, but all you have to do is show your ID and you're good. They don't have they don't have to check your boarding pass anymore? No, don't check the boarding pass and even the the like security. I didn't have to take off my hat or my shoes. So I was like, wow, okay. Well, they had already, uh, they had been in the midst of doing trials of it, being able to like leave shoes on and stuff. Like if you had, if you had, if you have TSA pre-check, you could like leave hats, shoes, belts, watches on already. Uh, so I, I think that was just an evolution of it. I, I wonder, though, the, the thing, though, even with, with like you said, how TSA had their checking process, though, they had already kind of started doing that because so many people were doing the digital boarding pass that they don't have anything to mark anymore. All they literally do is they check your, do you look like the person on your, on your boarding pass, on your uh, driver's license or passport, and then you're on your way. But if you do look at, like, the TSA numbers, they are still so far down of where they were for a year ago um, that it's pretty crazy. Um, like, for example, yesterday, uh, December 4th, uh, TSA screened 753,951 passengers, or well, not passengers, people. A year ago, they did 2,278,205. Jeez, so... That's a huge drop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I believe now, since March, there's only been a handful of days where we've actually been over a million passengers traveling. And of that, of that uh, looking at the data right now, four of those days were near the end of December, November, so you have to think there's going to be a lot traveling during... Uh... So, Ben, I have an interesting question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with COVID and stuff, some airlines might not be doing so hot. Uh, I'm going to relate back to the 08 financial crisis. You know, my stepdad worked for Northwest Airlines. I don't know if you remember them. They were like the typical red jacket, red planes. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, in 08, they weren't doing well, and Delta bought them out. So Delta expanded pretty 
immensely. Do you think we're going to be seeing some more of that? Yes and no. The problem is now, compared to back in 08, is the amount of large airlines is very small now. Okay, so you have your Americans, you have American United, Delta. So those are going to be like your big three. You've got Alaska, JetBlue, Southwest, Frontier. I, I, uh, and I know there's one more I'm not thinking about. But the bigger issue is, is all the different airlines now are in their own separate markets. So like Delta, American, United are every most a big chunk of the country and international you got JetBlue on the the east coast alaska like on the west coast you got southwest frontier um who are just popping into every little city that they can the problem is is if an airline's going to buy one or merge with one there's not many options left like it like back in 08 you the amount of airlines that were in the market compared to today was about double and the problem was is during that financial crisis there were, were a whole bunch of mergers like Delta bought North, Northwest, uh, United bought Continental, and American bought U.S. Airways. So there were six airlines that now have turned into three. And these problems with some of these airlines is currently today is they're still paying off that debt from when they bought those. Some of them are still paying off the debt that they bought from those airlines. So you've got that issue. And the other problem is, is those three big airlines, when they did the mergers, signed contracts uh, saying that they would pay pay uh, pay off the debt, and I I think some also said they couldn't merge with another airline in a certain amount of time. So I think we may see a t- thing where there are certain airlines that aren't going to merge because either they're they can't contractually do it, or they don't have the money to do it. As well as the the other the some of the other problems are is. Um, some of these airlines are part of different alliances, and when you try and do airlines combining with alliances, it gets very screwy because the, the, the three U.S. airlines that are part of alliances were founding members. So if you, if you take that founding member away, you have a big problem. So I think, I think we will see a merger, or if we aren't seeing a merger, we see a closure of an airline because they're just so bankrupt, and then the other airlines will just buy bits and pieces from them. Yeah, and that'll be very interesting to see. Yeah, you know, it's. I think Delta is sitting pretty right now. I, I don't see them. You know, I think they've cut some people, laid off some people. Uh, Delta, like, I don't think has cut. They did. They, they, they haven't. Not that I know of. They avoided furloughs by uh, doing a mutual agreement with their pilot group of cutting their pay and their hours by five percent and by doing that they didn't have to furlough anyone i think my uh my stepdad works for delta now since the northwest merger you know he um and delta what he did is uh, delta offered like a almost like a paid vacation type deal i don't know you wouldn't call it a vacation obviously but basically that he took it wasn't half pay it was yeah it was like a leave of absence type deal he got a reduced pay but they wanted people to stay home you know they didn't need that many workers so he just took reduced pay and stayed home for a while and i think delta did that with quite a few people and that probably helps you know easing some of their costs and while also retaining their staff so i think delta's done well i i definitely see them you know 
if they're in the position to make a an acquisition an acquisition sorry um and open up some more airways you know they're probably going to do it but we'll see who knows if they're able to i personally i don't see delta going out and buying anyone um they already bought they are already one of the biggest airlines in the world and i don't think people want to see them get any bigger um looking at it yeah. looking at all of the airlines anyway the only ones that truly i could see possibly possibly merging would be allegiant airline air and frontier because they have similar business models and serve some similar routes but that's even that's a maybe i that's a very un- unlikely um See the problem is, is all these airlines just came out of mergers within the last five to ten five to ten years, and they're still trying to move past that because you had Alaska merged, American Delta, um, Southwest mer- Southwest, and then United. So you don't have many air, and they're all in the mid. They're some of them have either paid off the debt or some are like surrounded in debt. Like American actually is in of all of the airlines, I think American could be the one that we see go under because of COVID-19. I haven't looked too much into the in their financials. Are they under some pressure right now? Are they in some debt? They are well, they're in quite a bit of debt because when they bought US Airways, they were in a bit of debt at that time and when they bought them on, American was also in in some debt. So of all of the airlines, they are they are in my view the most likely that who are going to have to go who may go bankrupt and have to do some refine restructuring of stuff but it's hard to tell we've already we've lost of the airlines we've lost we've lost a loss we've lost several regional airlines in the united states and that was purely because they were operating on very thin margin to begin with or they were pre. They had already determined that they were going to close down anyway. So really, all that COVID nineteen did was accelerated that timeline. So it will truly know what happens next year because the CARES Act money has started to run out that the airlines had got, and if there isn't a possibly another, if the government doesn't bail them out again, we could be we could see start seeing some major changes happening in the landscape here. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Just wait and see. I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of, a lot of new stuff popping up over the next, you know, five years or so. I'm sure the, the COVID uh, drawbacks per se. I don't know the COVID. God, what am I looking for, Ben? What's the word? Changes. And I don't know. The changes we'll see with COVID in the next five years will be immense, and it'll be very interesting to see. Yes, it'll, so, it's, it'll be very interesting to see, not just only in the airlines, but in, in every business of oh, yeah. all these all these companies who are saying, oh, we're going to do this work from home, or you know what, we don't, we're, we're, you're going to come in one day a week, or every other day, or once a month, or kind of deal. It's, we'll truly know, and like, and like you said about in about in the, in 10 years from now we'll truly see really was covid-19 the reason for a lot of stuff to fail like is this the beginning of the end of brick and mortar schools could 
now that we've seen that, yes, some on, on the online, yes, it's not as perfect as everyone thinks it is, but could it become as good as in person? True, personally, I'd never see it. I see some universities transferring to a hybrid learning approach for some classes that can be taught in a virtual manner where it just doesn't matter, like some of your lecture bowl kind of deals where how many times are you even going to talk to the professor anyway, like in your big history bowl, history lectures or um, some of your classes where you can fit a whole bunch of people in or maybe some, some math style of classes. And then your specialty classes that need to have that in-person or with a lab kind of deal are going to stay would remain in person, but I see, I see a big change to the brick and mortar schools of the change to doing a hybrid approach rather than either like an all in person approach. You know, I was gonna say that I feel like businesses are also gonna have a, a change. You know, with the hybrid approach, maybe they'll have people come in every other day or whatnot. But the more I think about it, I feel like they're either gonna go all in or not, you know, they're not going to pay for a, a brick and mortar location and not use it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. yep. I feel like some businesses might transition to fully online, but some will probably continue the brick and mortar. And I hope they continue the brick and mortar because we need it. Yeah. I, I I'll, I'll say this. I, there are some things like clothing shopping, for example, clothing is so much easier to go into a into an actual physical store and find it rather than having to go online because when you go online at least for me personally whenever I bought clothes online I always buy four different items and I'm always buying at least two or three sizes because some stuff is different sizes depending on who you go to and it's like there's the nice thing of going into a store because you can go and try it on and make sure it fits or you like it because sometimes if you look at something Online, it looks totally different when you have it in person. So I feel like that there's going to be always this. There's some stuff that will always remain brick and mortar, but some stuff that possibly could go could just be an online only kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. We'll just have to wait to see. Like we said with the airlines, the the true effects of all this COVID related stuff will not. You know, some are immediate. Some businesses have been shut down, unfortunately. You know, it's. It's hard to plan for that stuff, but in the long term, I feel like we'll we'll start seeing these businesses really feeling the effects of COVID and making some serious changes. Yeah, but keeping on this uh, COVID topic, you know, we'll go across the pond. UK, one of the first countries to approve the vaccine. What are your thoughts on that, Ben? Think it's a little early. Um, not. Personally, I don't think they are early. From what I remember, um, the U.S. Is, has always been the most stringent country in the world for any vaccine that has ever been made. Like, we do so much more testing and evaluation than what any other country will do to make sure it works on a variety of people. Like, are you uh, pregnant, non-pregnant, or they have a massive list. Um Whereas I think other countries don't do as strict of testing. And because this is, has been a whole global effort, I think some countries have been able to, they've looked, they've been able to, they've looked at their, they looked at the data after they had been applied for approval. 
they've met the criteria and they and then it was um state slated for release and i think that's what happened in the uk is the uk doesn't have as strict of guidelines that the united states does so they had already they've determined um that the vaccine meets what they need it to do um they have done all the prerequisite testing that needs to be done on the li- on the lists that are necessary for distribution and i think that's why we're seeing it done early i i, I see the us at least taking a, a while longer to determine if the vaccine is fully suitable for um, actual distribution i it, it wouldn't surprise me if they are looking at what the united kingdom's doing of some of the of side of side effects after they start uh, giving out the doses as additional data, along with what the the uh, trials have been determining. Yeah, I think it's uh, honestly it, it might be a little early. I don't know. I don't know the. I haven't looked too much into the vaccine to know the the drawbacks with it, the effects of it. I I don't really know, but I, from my perspective. I believe it's Pfizer, right? They have the vaccine, yeah, or one I, of the producers I, I be, of it. I believe the United King, the UK, is ha- approved the Pfizer vaccine, but not the Moderna yeah. one yet. Okay, yeah. So Pfizer, all all I'm curious to see is their supply chain, man. You know, with UK being the first, I want to see how well Pfizer can keep up with that demand because there's going to be a ton of demand, you know, and that's going to be hard to meet, especially if all these countries start approving it at the same time. So I, I guess it's good in the sense that, you know, they're early. We can see how Pfizer keeps up with that supply. And once the U.S. does it, you know, we'll have a, well, it's either going to be a show or it's going to go well. We'll see. I don't know if you actually know this, but the U.S. has actually started the transportation storage of the, of the vaccine. Oh, really? I yes. did not know that. Um, so they had so um, currently, currently United Airlines has begun uh, shipping parts of the vaccine between uh, Pfizer's plants in Brussels and Chicago, and they're having to do it on a special aircraft that w- has gotten approval from the uh, Federal Aviation Administration to carry fifteen thousand pounds of dry ice on board, because the usual limit is three thousand pounds mainly due to uh, carbon monoxide poisoning and but they've been they've been approved to do uh, cargo flights with in this aircraft and they're allowed to carry 15,000 pounds of of uh, dry ice and the vaccine isn't that isn't that crazy they're going to use a air, one airplane and all it can do is carry 15,000 pounds of dry ice and vaccine on and that's it yeah I, that's what I'm talking about though i don't know how the supply chain is going to hold up i really hope it holds up well but it's going to be hard to meet that much demand you know it's a global demand everybody's going to need it but i think everyone's going to have approved at different times so you have a little bit of a of a gap in between yeah hopefully i don't don't know if you saw was it i think russia approved something something russia had approved their own vaccine a long time ago but i don't think it's been peer reviewed by anyone Okay. You know what I was going to say was did you watch evening news? I think it was last night. I did not. There's actually been hackers that have been trying to go after the whole the uh the uh, whole system. 
Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, it looks like currently it was only it's only been located at sea level executives. The attack's been at that, but they hadn't they haven't fully figured out where the whole attack's coming from yet. But still, think about it: a sea level executive getting attacked over their supply chain. Yeah, no, no good, man. Mm-mm. It's gonna, you know, start being a little scary, especially with, you know, there are bad people out in the world, people who do just want to see the world burn, and, you know, those people, they have passions such as hacking, and they can definitely do some damage. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with that. Yep, oh, I don't know, man. It's, a, it's COVID another one. A, Sorry, go. It's another one of those topics of you will only know once it has happened. Yep. It's hard to make a prediction. Mm -hmm. So kind of transferring off the COVID topic, kind of staying on it. Student loans. Uh, Nancy Davos, I believe that's her name, right? Uh, Extended the the student loan relief until Jan 31st, meaning 0% interest, I believe. And... All, other, all sorts of other things. You know, some people rack in, I don't even know how, but private schools and whatnot, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. And, and, in the, and, when, you know, and when they pay it off, they're probably paying, they're paying two or three times the amount of money that they borrowed from. Yeah. So that's the interest rates right now are zero. So right now, pay off as much as you can because, yeah, it's a great time to do it. It's only yeah. going to get worse unless we uh, cancel it, which there's going to be a whole lot of people who are against that. You know, whole generations who have gone through the schooling system, have taken debt, have paid off their debt, and they're going to be really against it. So, so here's my. It's going to be an interesting topic coming up. We'll have to keep on it. But I'll say this this is what I, w- I wish they would do is until we get back to normal, pause the interest. Yeah, I agree. Like they're doing now, you know, because then it makes it's not it's not going to be to the ones who fully paid for their education. They're not going to be angry that they're seeing these people basically get their their education for free. Um, It's just they've been able to have a little bit of a financial relief by not accruing any interest because on all of the student loans, no interest has accrued since March when the CARES Act was initially announced. And all that really this student loan relief did was extend it for another month, in which case, presuming that the Electoral College votes are what they've predicted, and Joe Biden wins the electoral vote, because he's been talking about doing the getting rid of student debt. Now, the big thing I, I, that I've, I'm like is like, so we're going to now throw in even more money onto Uncle Sam's credit card? At what point is the U.S. government, is that credit card just going to be declined? Pretty soon here, I'm thinking, but who knows? Uh, I looked into Canada a little bit. Canada's COVID bill, per se, I guess that's what you can call it, is mm-hmm. high. They are skyrocketing. They are paying their citizens like 2000 Canadian dollars a month. You know, they're basically doing what people want to do here. But you have to think about, you know, way smaller population. Canada doesn't even have the population of California. They have national. People need to understand that. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they're hugely government dependent and they're racking up a serious bill right now. And 
you know, people want to go that route here. I don't per se. I, I don't think we'll need it. I know a lot of stuff with the Canadian politics is iffy. You know, they're a lot more progressive than we are. They're also, so this is interesting, Ben. I don't know mm-hmm. if you heard about this. So they're doing that 2K a month, you know, mm-hmm. but they, they ask people, you know, do you seriously need it? These are for the people who actually need it and they're, they're doing audits. You know, it's government money, so they're going to be auditing it, make sure you're spending it how they'd like. <laughs> and uh, I think we'll see it, start seeing a lot of Canadian citizens being arrested for, you know, I don't know what that charge would be, but maybe not arrested, but they'll have to pay back some. They'll have to pay back a lot. And yeah, it's going to be a, a mess. I'm sure the UK has something similar going on. They're pretty similar in their... I be- political beliefs. I believe. I believe the, the that the UK current is doing eighty percent pay, or is that okay. France? I'm not uh, sure. I be- it's honestly, one of one all of the two countries are pretty similar in their political beliefs. Yes. If I'm not mistaken, I, it's e- it's either France or the United Kingdom. What they're doing was is they sent everyone home and then paid them eighty percent of their wage. Yeah, I think people in Canada are like begging to stay home. They have a serious fear of COVID. Okay, but to, so, give, to give us non-Canadians some equivalent, two thousand Canadian dollars is only fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, which is still a lot, though. That's monthly. That's free money. Um, fifteen. Yeah, fifteen hundred bucks. That's three hundred bucks a week. Yeah, but what have we gotten? I know unemployment. We got an extra six hundred. I never took it. Uh, we got the. The stimulus twelve hundred, which some people got. Yeah, and that's that's about it, right? Other than some, I think there's some businesses that got some money, some business loans, and all that. The airlines, all that. But in terms of like citizens, you know, we haven't gotten much compared to a lot of the other countries. And that that's bad or good, depending on who you ask. But yeah, I don't think any country is in a good spot for their financials. Mm-hmm. Maybe Russia, just because we don't know what's going on in Russia. They're doing their own thing. They got their own vaccine. Yeah. They don't care about us. Yeah, so. we'll have to watch how all of these countries financially are will be able to recover from this. Um, yeah. Like we said earlier, it's a waiting game, so we'll see. Yeah, it's a long waiting game. Yes, sir. Uh, so hopping off the COVID conversation and onto a little brighter note, Warner Brothers has decided to stream their 2021 upcoming movies with the first one starting on January 15th, and that's going to be Mortal Kombat. They'll be streamed on HBO Max, I believe. Interesting approach, Ben. Uh, we haven't seen a, a major, what would you say, media, film company, I don't know, uh, do this. So maybe this will be a trend. That they start. Maybe more companies will be doing this. Who knows? Yeah, it definitely wouldn't surprise me if more companies do it. They know that the theaters aren't going to have the capacity that they usually would have. So what they've done is they've now just allowed for you to either watch it in the theaters or online at, at the exact same time they come out. So that, it's actually the best of both worlds. Of if you are if you are comfortable and able to visit the in a movie theater, you can watch it there or you could do it from the comfort of wherever you have a internet connection, basically. So I, I actually like this idea a lot. I think it, 
I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if like Disney follows it up with using like Disney Plus to to uh, release some to do the simultaneous release on it. Um, I think it's a great idea. So Ben, this brings up a question though. At least one brings up a question to me. Okay, is this the death of movie theaters? Because to me, it's looking like it's it's the start of the death per se. <laughs> I agree. I, I totally agree with you. I, I think this is the beginning of the death. Movie theaters always were a very, in late, well, in the, in the last little bit, they're really hard for, for like these independent films. Like if you have like a big series of movies, like the uh, Marvel series or, uh, or, well, basically Marvel or like when the Harry Potter films were coming out where you had this big fan following of it, it's like you were able to draw people to a theater. Whereas now it's a whole bunch of just, onesie twosie movies so i i i I, th- I agree with you i think this is the beginning of the end for the movie theater industry yeah and that's that's pretty sad to see i guess um but honestly i i don't want to sound like i'm i'm mean and i don't care mm-hmm. you know it's, it's gonna be tough seeing the loss of movie theaters i went to one uh if anyone's from minnesota and i went to the lakeville theater all the time as a kid watched a lot of movies there and it's gonna be sad to see it go if it does but you know streaming services are at the tippity top especially during covid and everybody wants to watch stuff and i don't see streaming services getting any smaller anytime soon and yeah I, not a good spot to be in for a movie theater nope it's definitely it's definitely not a good spot for movie theater to be in at all that's just another you could say it's effect of COVID, but it probably would have came any other way. At least I, in my I, opinion, you know, streaming I don't know. I, I think I think this whole uh these lockdowns and people staying at home brought the popularity of streaming up substan- substantially. Uh, okay, look at look at Tiger King, for example. If it didn't come out when it came out do you really think it would have been as big as it got? No, everybody watched it and everybody talked about it. You know, speaking of of it though, did you see that a, uh, one of the workers at Carol Baskin's place almost had her arm chopped off? I did not. I've not been keeping up with Carol Baskin. I, I, I haven't kept up with her either, but it was on the news that, that apparently it was literally hanging on by, uh, she was feeding a tiger and almost lost her arm to it. Jeez. Yeah! Wow, that's uh, that's fun stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, it's 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 a great sounding stuff. So while we're on the topics of brighter notes, we have some exciting news. I guess it's not really news, but sports—they're coming back. Uh, the Dakota student will be covering them pretty hard. We're going to be hiring some more sports writers now that that season is coming, and hopefully, we'll be covering a lot more of them. Hockey. We had the first game. Uh, what are the first games that we have, if any? Do you know um, so on the second, we played Miami and won 2-0. to zero. And then Friday, the fourth, we played against Denver, won 4-3 to three in overtime. And I want to say we broke some records. Okay. Uh, give me a second. I know hockey yeah, okay. some stuff. You know, hockey ended last year on a good note and a sad note. Yes, it did. we couldn't. You know, we were doing so well. We had a bunch of students drafted. 
this year. Um, and I hope we continue our, our good streak. Okay, so the record, the record we broke was that uh, Jordan Kawaguchi has now scored four overtime goals in his, in his UND career, the most of any player in the last three decades. Wow. So congratulations, Jordan. That is awesome. Keep repping the school. Keep making UND proud. I'm sure all the other sports will as well. You know, women's basketball is starting up. I believe football is going to be starting up. Uh, football starts. For football, I believe starts in February. Um, women's basketball has had has had one game. They lost their first. They lost. They lost their first one. They played Marquette. Um, they lost uh, eighty-two to ninety. Uh, men's okay. basketball though had some. Did get to do has hasn't had much better. They played Miami their first game, lost sixty-seven to eighty-one. And then lost again against Minnesota, sixty-seven to seventy-six. Oh, they've also played uh, Dixie State, where they lost seventy-four to seventy, the uh, seventy-three to seventy-four. Which that's a Ooh. pretty close game. Yeah, that's a tough loss. Yeah. Um, uh, I have faith though. Our sports, we have excellent athletes, and it's a, it's going to be a rough start. Yeah. Uh, I guess I shouldn't say that for hockey. They did well already, and I hope they continue that. But ladies' basketball, I know you guys will do well. Keep grinding. Keep putting in the work. Same with men's basketball. It's it's a tough spot to be in, and especially when you're worrying about COVID all the time, too. Mm-hmm. Keep grinding, guys. Yep. It's- awesome to see sports starting. I'm excited. It's You know, there's not many things during these COVID times that get you excited, but sports, especially for the UND folk, I think that's something that we can all you know, unite around and get excited about. So I hope that ended the podcast in a brighter note. And I wanted to thank you all for tuning in and thank you for the support during COVID. Uh, another reminder to go watch fighting over Sue. Great film. And I'm not paid to say it's a great film. I just believe it's really educational it teaches you a lot about the, the whole debate. And especially if you don't know anything about it, like a lot of the newer generation doesn't. But uh, anyways, thank you for tuning in. 